Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Fields back, Lions rush four. Fields, look, he's going to get hit. Get gonna, ball's loose. It's not the five. It's kicked out of the end zone. That's a safety. That's a safety. The Lions are going to win this game. It went out of the back of the end zone, and the Lions are going to lock this one down. What a game. What a game. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Barry, Jay Croucher. Guys, I can't imagine why a team gets fired up to play for Dan Campbell. I can't figure it out. I will tell you what. That was exactly what Steven is like in our pre-show uh, meetings. True. Primal Comes roar. In, yeah, primal roar really gets us fired up, gets us excited to come out yes. here and just crush for you guys as well. So I get what the Lions are going through because we experience that every single day here on the happy hour. Obviously, that was Dan Campbell. That was the Lions radio call and a thrilling comeback victory mm-hmm. over a division rival in the Chicago Bears. Listen, a lot to get through today. Everything from week 11. We got weekend warriors. We got your Sunday scaries. We're going to talk about that Lions running back uh, timeshare going on. But before we get into all of it, how about Tommy DeVito drinking free today, right? Tommy DeVito. It's Tommy DeVito drinks free. It's everyone that had to go without a shower after the game. <laughs> they drink free. But whoever has to come in there and try to fix FedEx Field's, uh, you know, entire water system. Mission impossible. The, it, the curse of Dan Snyder lives on. Tommy DeVito, in fairness to Ron Rivera, I, a lot of people, a lot of fans out there piling on Ron Rivera for losing at home when you were a nine-point favorite. It's hard to beat to, Tommy DeVito. That's right. Yeah. You can only hope to contain him. Yeah. You can't stop Tommy DeVito. Yes. I, think I mean, the, every other team has. But yes. in theory, you can't stop Tommy DeVito. Just like, imagine if they'd thrown the ball against the Jets. It'd be a completely different, different, no matter what, different story. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I have to tell you, it's um, uh, you know what, what I would say here. Uh, what I would say here is, in fair, oh, again, so many people want to pile on Ron Rivera, and just you know me, like I'm a Commanders fan, I'm diehard, I watch the team, and I just want to say, in fairness to Ron Rivera, he is known as an offensive coach. He made his career as an offensive coach, so it's not fair to put the defensive. Uh, I'm, I'm being told that's wrong. Actually, he he started his career as a as a linebackers coach and the defense coordinator. Uh, but in fairness to Ron Rivera, in fairness to Ron Rivera. Okay, um, he, uh, 
he has never been able to use because he has you know kind of control of the roster as well as being coached. He has never been able to use any kind of like first round draft capital, early round draft capital, or free agency money on defensive players. It's all been offense for the. I, I'm being told that's wrong as well. I, never mind. Excuse me. Never mind. Oh, never boy. mind. Anyway, Tommy DeVito drinks free. As do uh, as do the Giants. Congratulations. It should be the Ron Rivera era can't end soon enough. It should be his parents, Tommy DeVito's parents, who drink free. So I'm sure that he got home late and had to go yeah. to bed late. And when my kids get to bed late, it's a complete disaster the day after. So well, I hope do, that do you, mommy and, and daddy like, hey, will we'll okay. bathe them in the morning. Yeah, exactly. So, so I hope that I, Tommy's I, his parents are doing okay because they probably had a really heavy load to deal with evening, this morning. Tough early morning. Yeah, yeah. supper yeah. on the table. You just, you just wondered, did, did mommy DeVito say like, you know, get in the Was shower? Was he fed at the right hour? Right. It's it's hard to going on. Hard to know. Um, anyway, we have, uh, I have once again derailed the show. And this is a new record for me. Usually it takes me at least a minute or two to derail the show, but I've done that now. Um, hey, let's, let's go to Detroit. <laughs> we, we should Detroit's go. fun. Detroit's a fun story. They are a fun story. Lions. We'll get into our Roto World player news. Of course, for all your Roto World player news, go to NBCSports.com. I was going to say average time to derail the show is a little different after a commander's loss. But let's stay on a track with the A bad commander's loss. And it's hard yeah. to differentiate. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, no, this, was this, this is a bad one. You felt okay after the Eagles' losses. They were okay. Yeah, yeah, they're well. okay. We showed up. Giants' losses, both of them. Not so good. Right. Not so good. Or when, when we got blown out at home on national television <laughs> against the Bears. The Bears. Yeah. Question, though. Yeah. Do you think they were playing the long game to make sure the Giants don't get Drake Bay or Caleb Williams? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Like, yeah, they're Ron playing, Rivera's not going to be there for no, long. Yeah, this is, <laughs> Ron Rivera maybe has a master plan. I, you know what? You... I would love to think that was the case. <laughs> I would love to think that's the case. But again, this is a man that gave Carson Wentz almost thirty million dollars. Right. So, no, I, I don't think they didn't realize they'd been eliminated from the playoffs last year. As yes, well? he didn't yes. realize that yes. either. So didn't realize they were not. playing for the playoffs. Yeah, don't the master plan. Wasn't wasn't doesn't know how the replay works. You know, he's just like, well, I was waiting for it to go in the jumbotron. <laughs> Remember that one? He was he was he. They asked him why he didn't call the why he didn't was challenge the, the fourth Smith? down, yeah. and he's like, oh, I didn't see it enough. I was waiting for them to show it on the replay. I'm like. So you're like any of us at home. Yeah. 40 tablets on the sideline, and, and you're staring right. at the Jumbotron. Not like every other NFL team has like a guy that's that's yeah. their entire job. A replay yeah. center with an Xbox controller. Right. Yes, this is a real thing. Yes, of course. Yes. Thank you. So, all right. Anyways, speaking of draft noteworthy teams, the Chicago Bears, that's a tough loss uh, at Detroit. A thrilling comeback win for the Lions. Listen to this with the Lions right now. But they right covered. Now. The Bears covered. They, they did. Cover. The most important oh, yeah. Never really in depth. Disrespectful either. line. Yeah. yeah, a little well, We talked about that in the pregame. Yeah, no, we like the Bears to cover. Yeah. Seven and a half, eight. Yep. No, Jay, listen to this team. one for the Lions. This is their best start, 8-2, and two, since 1962 that right seems now. That's quite good. Sizzling what, Lions. Is this the, if they go 13-4, that's the best season in Detroit Lions history, I think. Just looking through, like they haven't won a lot of games in their history. Scrolling back, 1961. Uh, no, they've never won 13 games ever. Who, who, so it'll be the greatest season in Detroit Lions history so if they when, go 13-4. When they, come, so when they want to celebrate, when they want to bring back, like, like so... You're bringing back Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders. Wayne Fonts? Like, who's who's next? Who's third? Nate Burleson? Uh, Nate, maybe Nate Burleson? <laughs> Golden Tate? Yeah, uh, like Golden go. Tate. And Dominic Sir? Uh, okay. Yeah, we're definitely forgetting. Amir Abdullah? Nick Farrelly? Yeah. Nick Farrelly. Um, Amir Abdullah is definitely a sneaky one. Yeah. Man, yeah. Lions legends. Kenny Galladay. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. John Kitna. Yeah, they got Kenny Galladay. John Kitna. Oh, we no, did. Scott we, Mitchell? Yeah, Does the Matt Stafford bring back a little awkward? Maybe. A little awkward. Stafford. Yeah. He wears uh, a Super Bowl ring. But I mean, yeah. right, if he shows up with a Super Bowl ring. I'm just, I'm just saying, it's just like it's a, you know. It's an it's, odd ceremony. It's an which odd. Which we love. We love how weird we, that well, is. Listen, we are Lions fans here at the happy hour as well. Um, you know, 
great game, great game for my ride. Once again, another great game for my ride or die. I'm on Ross St. Brown. But I think the, the most interesting thing here is, of course, the running backs. You know, the question coming into the game was, can you start, is it Gibbs? Is it Montgomery? Is it both? And the answer is most certainly both. Guys, I mean, the fact is, as we said this on Fantasy Football pregame, I'm starting both guys. I have both as top 20 plays. I had Gibbs as a top 10 play. Montgomery as a top 20 play. That's how it ends up working out. Going into Monday Football, Gibbs is the third best running back in fantasy this week. Monty is running back 12. Jameer Gibbs, guys, has now had 20 or more fantasy points in four straight games. And I think this is impressive. In back-to-back games, he's gotten 67% of the goal line rushes. In the two games since Dave Montgomery returned, Jameer Gibbs is averaging over 15 touches a game. So the workload has certainly been there. It has not gone away since Dave Montgomery has come back. Yeah, and I think another good thing tangentially for Gibbs and Montgomery is that Jared Goff was terrible in this game. Until he wasn't, and he won them the game down the end. But he threw three picks, and they were like bad Jared Goff picks. They weren't the, they weren't the tip ball variety. He just wasn't seeing guys. It was kind of inexplicable. And I think that they want to... They want to protect Goff as much as possible, and they will run the ball uh, as first option. So that bodes well. And also, they have a very easy schedule coming up, too. So well, we talked about this in the preseason around Amon Ra, around Goff, around all the uh, Lions, Gibbs, and Montgomery, both on the love list. So they play Green Bay at home uh, on Thanksgiving. Obviously, the Lions always play on Thanksgiving. Then they're at New Orleans, at Chicago, home to Denver again. So other than the, at Chicago, and we talked about how they're just playing nothing but dome games, yep. like the rest of the way. And so, again... Three of their next four are in a dome. Obviously, the game in New Orleans, uh, that'll be indoors as well. Uh, my, here's my question for you, Jay. Yeah. Dave Montgomery has had at least 17 points in both games since returning. He's played five full games this year. He's scored in all five. He has, he's averaging over 20 fantasy points per game. But he's played under 50% of the snaps each of the last two weeks. Is he t- Because he's playing less snaps than Gibbs, how touchdown dependent do you think Montgomery is? And... Does it matter because they score at such a high rate, and when they get close, right. he's getting a not like. Does it matter that is it's, he one of the few touchdown-proof guys? It's it's kind of uh, analog to Jamal Williams last year. It's not quite the same thing. I think Montgomery gives you a little bit more, but the key to me is that Montgomery two targets in the passing game yesterday. Jimmy gives six. That and if the split in carries is only going to be Montgomery twelve, Gibbs eight. It just makes more sense that they would skew more towards Jameer Gibbs as the season goes on because he's just better. He's better than Dave Montgomery. He's more explosive. Montgomery is still going to get his because their last seven games, they're going to be favored in every single one of them except for at Dallas in Week 17. So they're going to be running the ball. And if Dave Montgomery is touchdown dependent, great. He's going to score touchdowns. But let me add this on. With how easy their schedule is, if they are playing with a lead like we think they will be, wouldn't they try to close games with Montgomery and keep Gibbs fresh for the first half of future games? It's a weird double edge. Like... There's two sides to this one. I, guess I, mean, the in the past, I think I just love both at the end of the day. Forward. At the end of the day, in a game in which they trailed, they had to make this crazy comeback. I mean, they wind up, Dave Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, each get 14 touches in this game. And towards the end of the game, Gibbs was out there. He gets a goal line carry. He gets down at the one. Bears actually call a timeout to try to preserve clock. Then Montgomery comes in, scores against his former team. Hashtag revenge game. We love to see that. But um, I think had Chicago not called a timeout, it would have been Gibbs getting uh, the goal line carry once again there. But I think you're right, Connor. Like, I don't think it – I think the underlying metrics in a different situation might concern you a little bit, but here I don't think they do. No, and I think it'll be fine. And the other thing, too, with the Lions is, like, they're good. They're a very good team, but they're not the caliber of the Eagles or the Niners. They're only seven-and-a-half-point favorites against the Bears, who are going to be in the mix for the number one pick. Like, these games, they're not going to blow teams out by 30 points most of the time. I think these games, they'll be leading, but the game will be close enough that I think you keep your best guys in. And I think both of these guys will be monsters down the stretch. 
On the Bears side of things, a solid game from Justin Fields. A very efficient game from yeah. Justin Fields. He obviously gets it done uh, with both his arm and his legs. He runs for over 100 yards. Top 10 finish right now for Justin Fields here, Barry. And they're just a fascinating team because as we get you know closer to the end of the season, Fields is playing well. He's healthy now. But this is a team that might pick twice in the top five of the draft. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, there's a kind of a weird real-life NFL dynamic, but for our purposes in terms of fantasy football, the question is, can you get – is Justin Fields going to be the QB1? You drafted him B. He was bad at the beginning of the year. He was uh, – he had over 20 fantasy points in the two games prior to the injury. Then he goes down. T-Bag takes over for a while as well, but then he comes back in his first game out on the road at Detroit, a tough game against a divisional rival that's in first place. He puts up another 20-point game here as well as we enter Monday Night Football. He's the eighth-best quarterback in fantasy. Over 100 rushing yards in this game as well. He looked the part, 16-23, 169 yards as well. Doesn't uh, doesn't throw a pick in this one. Got DJ Moore involved as well. You saw a little bit of uh, a little bit of commit, not a ton, but. You know, they were able to run the ball effectively, not just Justin Fields. But also keep in mind, by the way, Deontay Foreman starts this game, gets the touchdown, leaves then early. It was pretty much Khalil Herbert after that. But the way they were moving the ball was through uh, Fields' arm and legs. Yep, an absolute dime touchdown pass to DJ Moore that we saw there. And the good thing with Fields, too, is that so here's a game in Week 15 at Cleveland. Okay, that's brutal. Cleveland have the best defense in the NFL. Outside of that, nothing really intimidating on the schedule. So I think that he is going to be more like the guy that we hoped that he would be coming into the season when he was, you know, projected to be QB 5-6, that type of range. They're on the road at Minnesota this week as well, and then they've got a and then they've got a bye. So and then they're home to Detroit. So you know, two of the next three, right? Don't skip. Don't, not yeah. easy matchups, but yeah. games in which they should be trailing, and where Justin Fields should have to like, all right, let me put you on the back and 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 do this. So yeah, I mean, it, clearly a QB one the rest of the way. And while if you have Except Fields, the game. Yes. his return is great news, but it's even better news if you have DJ Moore. DJ Moore is just a totally different player when Justin Fields is starting, Matthew. The last four full games that DJ Moore and Justin Fields have played, he scored. DJ Moore has scored. Something he never did in Carolina. I forget who the head coach was at Carolina for much of DJ Moore's career there. It escapes me. But for whatever reason, they just never seem to get a lot out of DJ Moore in terms of end zone usage, red zone usage as well. But he's been scoring touchdowns at a high rate here uh, in Chicago, especially when he's got Justin Fields on her center. He had a 40% target share in week 11. You know, it's his highest target share in a game. Like, this is good. Yeah. It's very good for DJ Moore, uh, a wide receiver, too, the rest of the way. Last three games that uh, DJ Moore has played with a full Justin Fields, taking out the Minnesota game where he, Fields got hurt. 131 receiving yards, 230 receiving yards, 96, and he scored five touchdowns in those three games. Unbelievable. That's, by the way, those five, I'm almost positive those five touchdowns are more than he ever scored in an entire season in Carolina. Yep, I think that's I would correct. wager that. Yeah. Again, I forget who the coach was. It's uh, someone, hey, Blake, look up for me. I, I know there was a guy that was coached for a long time in Carolina that had DJ Moore on his team. I just, it escapes me. It escapes me. We can move on while Blake looks that up. Our next game, the Texans stay hot. They win 21-16 to over Kyler Murray's Cardinals. The Cardinals have lost nine straight road games. It's the first time since 2003, and obviously not all of those have been started by Kyler Murray right now, but... I mean, the story of the Texans passing offense continues here, Jay. C.J. Stroud is just an absolute monster. It's terrifying. Even in the game where, like, this is a bad game for C.J. Stroud. He throws the three picks. Some of these were bad decisions, but he just, the volume that he has at the moment, 37 pass attempts, 336 yards, through the air, throws the two touchdowns, and just the the simpatico nature that he has with Tank Dell, that relationship, Dell going 8 for 149 and a touchdown. Nico Collins gets back 
I mean, I think this is just a locked-in, explosive offense. You're just starting CJ Stroud, Tank Dell, Nico Collins every week. They were, I mean, they were, look, so you see here your fantasy leaders as you get in, as we head into Monday Night Football again, Tank Dell shows up as the third best wide receiver in football. And I I just, I need a ruling here from you guys, if if you don't mind. I asked this on Twitter. I didn't get a, um, I didn't get a ton of responses. Uh, People were divided, but most people said yes, absolutely. Which is, are you allowed to victory lap? your victory lap, which was around victory lapping your victory lap. Yeah, so it's like when DiCaprio wakes up on the beach in Inception and yes. he doesn't know how deep into the dream that he's gone. Uh, yes, you can do that, Matthew, because right, your ahead. show. Do we you have the tape, you Adam? Go ahead. Let's, we it do not have like the tape, lost. I'm being told. Yes. So in essence, basically, well, which is disappointing, which is a backup producer, what are you going to do? Uh, look, the, the fact is... The, the fact is, what we were going to do is, is like, because again, previously I had victory lapped my victory lap, yes. uh, which was a victory lap of my original preseason call of Tank Dell is going to be a thing, guys. Go get it. And we kept, we've talked up Tank Dell quite a bit yeah. uh, this entire year. And so, like, I've just, I've been victory lapping my victory laps. Not actually victory lapping the call, but now yes. victory lapping my victory Tank laps. Tank Dell is looking very thingish at the moment. Uh, he's a monster. And the key thing there is that they're just able to keep Stroud clean more often. Now they've got Tunsil back, offensive line is healthier. He's thrown from a clean pocket. When you have CJ Stroud a clean pocket, he's been the best quarterback in football this year. Over the last three weeks, you see the, the, what CJ Stroud has done over his last three games, right? Just ridiculous, right? Over 300 yards in each three of, each three of these games. He's got, uh, he's got nine touchdowns. I just did that math right here in my head. I don't want to brag. Hesitated a bit. Yeah. Well, I, well, I wanted to count it up <laughs> in my head, but like just yeah. immediately. Didn't have to use my calculator app or anything like that. Literally just counted up in my head. No big deal. Don't want to brag. But yeah, absolutely. Nine touchdowns. That's, that's an average, by the way, Jay, of three touchdowns three per, per game. game. Yep. Which yeah. yep. He's averaging over 300 uh, passing yards per game and three touchdowns the last three weeks. By the way, during that stretch, here's the entire list of wide receivers that have more fantasy points than Tank Dell over the last three weeks. CeeDee Lamb, my guy AIDS. Good. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, my fantasy ride or die. Keenan Allen, who I ranked below Mike Williams <laughs> in the preseason. And that's it. That's the entire list. That's the entire list. I was. I, I give you credit because you didn't have to remind everyone of that. All right, listen. Yeah. I, if I'm going to balance, victory lap and victory lap. If I'm going to victory lap and pat myself on the back, I got I to gotta call myself out for bad calls. That was one of them. I, I did say, I think one of my bold predictions of the preseason was that I thought this was the year that Mike Williams overtakes uh, Keenan Allen. We'll never know because yeah, he got hurt. So maybe that, I got the injury out. Um, but anyway, but like that's how good Tank Dell has been. He's literally the fourth best wide receiver in fantasy over the last three weeks and I think when you watch these games some of it was a Nico Collins was banged up so you know like but the fact of the matter is against a run funnel defense in Arizona and with Nico Collins back Tank Dell not only put up huge numbers here Jay and Connor but he looked the part that's the thing this isn't like fluky production Connor, I mean, this is no. this is what this kid did in college. He was a target monster in college. I mean, when you look at what Dana Holgerson's offense did with him, he was constantly in motion. He was targeted nearly 200 times. He was the offense. Him and Clay- Clayton Toon would yeah. drop back, and wherever Tank Dell got his motion started and started running, he would throw down the field to him, or he'd throw a short area pass that he could make somebody miss. So this is nothing new for Tank Dell, but it's really cool to see the Texans kind of be able to go pass happy when they need yeah. to and be willing to feature such young players in that regard. Okay. So. I thought you had a joke lined up, Matthew. Started I did, a little but, bit. I did yeah, but I wasn't about Tank Dell. Okay, no, 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 good, very it was good. Just, all I was going to say was, I was just going to say, <laughs> I just, I want to take a moment here. <laughs> the I think of him, I just, no, I, just, I was just going to say, I, I just want to take a moment here. Like, I was just making a joke 
to make a joke about Adam, who works very hard <laughs> here at the show. I, I apologize. Like he, he does a bunch of different stuff for us here at NBC Sports and specifically Happy Hour in pregame. He's not the backup producer. That's Pete. <laughs> oh, man. There it is. Um, uh, last thing on this game, yeah. Connor, Devin Singletary. Yeah. Just continue. I mean, I started Devin Singletary yesterday over Josh Jacobs, Ken Walker. Did it with confidence, and, and he's just a lot You feel good about that now. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ken Walker obviously I, gets hurt. I don't know if Damian Pierce gets this job back. They're, they're, so. they're, I, mean, I mean, 100%. So they play – the schedule isn't great coming up, right? So here's the only, the only downside here. Houston is home to Jacksonville, pretty good defense. Home to Denver, very improved defense. At the Jets – Defense is all they got. <laughs> and then at Tennessee, which is never easy. There's a Cleveland game coming up as well after that, I think. So, that's so we, we will see, but I just – I don't know. I think until further notice, and even if Damian Pierce comes back, I just – you know, the, the Texans are rolling. In a game in which, to your point, real life-wise, the Cardinals were plucky. Cardinals should have won that game. They covered. We talked sure. about this on pregame. We liked them to cover. But they, there was a lot of fourth downs that they didn't convert that they should have. Like, Kyler made some bad throws on yeah. fourth down. Like, that's a game, honestly, the Cardinals should have won. I think Houston knows they're lucky to get away with a win there. Credit C.J. Stroud and the offense for putting them on their back. But um, uh, I think the schedule does get tougher. But even if Damian Pierce comes back, I just don't know how the Texans say we're going away from what's working. Like, and until further notice, you are starting Tank Dell, Nico Collins, and Devin Singletary. And C.J. Stroud, just point blank. Yeah. I mean, the note about Singletary being their first rusher with back-to-back 100-yard games since 2018 is just – I mean, what Who was, was it in tw- – was it Arian Lamar Foster? Miller. Lamar Miller. Miller. Yeah. Lamar Miller. Yeah. Oh, that's a good God. trivia question. As we're talking about, you know – you know, Devin like Singletary t- of his era. <laughs> You're right. I mean, yes. No, but it, well, you know what's so funny is um, – uh, we were just talking about line, like you know, if the Texans make the playoffs and they bring back all the great Texans oh, over man. the years. Since you, you got Arian Foster, you got Andre Johnson. Don't have Deshaun Watson. Matt Schaub. Matt, Matt Schaub, Schaub has to be there. Matt, yeah. <laughs> like who else are we talking about? The Gary here? Kubiak Texans offense was actually sick. It's JJ, oh, JJ Watt. Yeah. Oh, JJ Watt's obvious. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Clowney might show up. Oh, like, yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. It's like a little weird. Yeah. It's oh, a little Hopkins. Odd. Is Hopkins yeah. like that's a weird one too? Yeah, yeah like, that's a weird one. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, do they invite Bill? You Bryan? also invite Probably Bill O'Brien. Yeah. See what happens. See how, know, see how it goes. Gets gets weird. Steve Slayton. I'll tell you who's not invited. I know who's not invited. Who's that? Deshaun Watson is absolutely not invited. He's probably not. He's He's probably not getting the invite. He'll have to watch on TV. All right. um, Let's see. (laughs) Kyle Murray is the other thing to know from this game. And look, he didn't have an amazing stat line. But again, he just looks like Kyle Murray. He's taking some brutal hits is the only thing. He needs to protect himself a little bit more. But he runs in a touchdown using his legs. Athletically, he looks like the exact same guy. Uh, as he was before the injury. So, Kyle Murray, I think he's just a locked-in starting he, quarterback top 12. He did not play great in this game, to your point. Like, again, there were a lot of, like, must-have-it, gotta-have-it. And credit the Cardinals' defense. They kept getting the ball back and getting yeah. turnovers from C.J. Stroud. But, like, they missed on a lot of fourth downs. Um, and you see it right there. You know, under 215 passing yards, just 20, um, 20 completions, a lot of them short. And yet, still, because of the rushing, he, he finishes as the seventh best quarterback in fantasy as we head into Monday Night Football. He's been the seventh. He's been a top seven quarterback the, each of the last two weeks since he's returned. You know, basically half his fantasy points are coming from the running. But like that's not a fluke. That's not who Kyler close. Murray is, and so he's clearly a locked in QB one here as well. The concern for me, guys, is that when Kyler Murray came back, I was just like full steam ahead. Hollywood Brown, this is a guy who's got massive target share. He had massive target share with uh, Kyler last year. He's going to be awesome. Well, he has been 
Hashtag not awesome. Yeah. He's been bad. I think it's just something where look, they've had three different quarterbacks. Kyler is a new offense unto himself, and this is game two with Kyler. I would expect that Marquise Brown has a big finale, uh, and there's not much else going on with this offense. Certainly yesterday, I mean, Greg Dorch going six for 76 is weird. Rondell Moore catches the bomb touchdown, then never seen from, never seen again. Uh, so it's just a strange offense, but I would expect that ultimately it's going to be Trey McBride and Marquise Brown, even if it wasn't yesterday. Yeah, I, I would go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say what was cool about the Rondell Moore touchdown, though, is that when Jonathan Gannon got this job, it was something that he envisioned. Take a listen. Hey! What's up, man? How you doing? Good. Good. Shots. Explosives. Explosives. You can run. The most that's not like what Dan Campbell does. <laughs> Very anti-Dan Campbell. That's, by the way, that's how Adam, the producer, greets us. Right. That's, that's kind of the awkward interactions uh, that we have with Adam, producer Adam. Yeah, shoo, shoo, boom, boom. I, yeah, I just, it's right up here, it's, early. You know what it, you know what it is? You, you know what that, that reminds me of? Like, it just, you, you, you guys ever watch the, the, uh, the Office, right? You know, yeah. obviously, the, 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 the American version of it. Yeah. Like, where all the comedy is just about, like, how awkward right. he yeah. is. Cringe. Right, it's just sort of like, yeah, like he means well, yes. but he's awkward. Um, Michael is like, Michael Scott is just, you know, like this well-meaning but super awkward guy. Yeah. Like that's what that, that's what that interaction is. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was a real interaction or a Curb Your Enthusiasm, a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. That was just bizarre. I don't Ronda know why you can't there. go up to people like that <laughs> and just behave like that. It's very just, strange. I'm going to start doing that, though. Yeah. I'm just going to like, all right let's what do, you, what do you think like but like so ronda moore is legitimately fast what do you think jonathan gannon would do if he met me yeah it's like what's <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> you're you're kind of a tough it's funny that jonathan gannon decides to just purely interact with people based on sounds that indicate what their level of speed is yes. as a person yeah, <laughs> it's very, yeah very exactly peculiar. Very interesting. Um, yeah, you guys are too young for this. I was going to make a Police Academy reference, but, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. you know yeah. Michael Winslow yeah. makes all the noises. Uh, yeah. No. yeah, all right. <laughs> Seahawks, Rams. Rams win 17-16. Uh, no, I, we'll the only thing I was going to say on Hollywood Brown is that it's just the concern is it's a 15% target share in the two games since he's returned. I, I, again, I'm not going to panic yet because I want to see what this offense looks like when Michael Wilson comes back. He wasn't in this game. It was a little, bit of a, a little bit of a weird one game. A little bit of a weird game. They're home to the Rams, then at Pittsburgh, then they have a bye before uh, week 14. So, But still, I'm like, I probably want to wait and see it on Hollywood Brown next week. Yeah, I don't think you feel great about it, but it will turn at some point. There's too much talent. Seven targets for Trey McBride, though. I, you know, that's the one you feel good about. Rams-Seahawks, a game filled with fantasy disappointment. The Rams' pass game, not much going there. Stafford throws for under 200 yards. But more notably here, guys, the injuries in this game, the key injuries in this game. Cooper Cup leaves the game with an ankle injury after just one catch for 11 yards here, Jay. Uh, not a good sign for a guy that's had a fair share of injury problems right. already. By the way, this is footage of not Cooper Cup. Oh, here, here it is. is. Here's the footage. Okay, yes. Look, it was a very strange game. It wasn't as good. Gets blocked as... back and then twisted. His ankle gets twisted in the blocking play. Yeah, I don't know if I want Cooper Cup having to crack down in the front seven. No, but he's actually a really good I know, he's really Sure, that's the weird thing. thing. Sure. No, he is. It's just 
at this stage. I don't yeah, know how often like I, I want to be. It's like using Debo as, as your running back. Right. Like, you know what you're kind of okay. saying. It's hindsight to criticize that, but, oh, man, that's yeah, tough. I know. It was strange. Uh, just a strange game overall. Very uneven. No offensive rhythm. Matthew Stafford kept throwing to guys, even in, before Cup got injured, who weren't Cup or Nakua. Just a lot of, like, Austin Trammell and Demarcus Robinson going on in this game. They kind of epitomized the game. Uh, and then with... I guess if Cup is out, then Nakua again just becomes a top eight fantasy wide receiver. And he only got seven targets in this game, but goes five for 70, uh, scores a touchdown, and also Stafford threw to him on the second down play at the end. Almost scored another touchdown if you held on to that and broken it. Uh, so it's a strange offense at the moment. I think Stafford will be better after this first week back from the injury, and Puka isn't going to be a monster. If he ends up missing, like we'll talk about this tomorrow on waivers, but there's no, I'm not sitting there going, like, you got to go pick up Austin Trammell. Or Tutu Atwell, like I there's know. right. I mean, right, it's, it, right. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be Puka. They should get Kyron Williams back as well. We'll talk about the running backs here in one second. This is notable from Sean McVay after the game about Cooper Cup and McVay. It's usually pretty, pretty honest um, with the media. He says, "quote He was going to try to come back and play. He was moving around at the beginning of the second half, but it just didn't quite feel good enough. So the fact that like." There was a thought to come back. Yeah. Makes you feel good. Also positive. They play on Sunday, so he's got a full week. Because we've got obviously we've got four, 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 eight teams that are playing on a short week this week with the three Thanksgiving games and then the Friday game. Yeah, not a great look, outlook overall. Because yes, they do play at Arizona. That's a favorable matchup. Next two weeks after that, Cleveland, Baltimore. So good luck against that. Now Cup is kind of resilient matchup and proof. immune, immune to defenses just because of the volume that he gets and how good he is. But those aren't the two matchups. The other thing is, is that Stafford looked rusty in this one. He, was, I, he missed a deep ball down the right sideline he just didn't look right at all he, he, right there was a there was a he had daryl henderson open in the flat where he just you know if he just hits him in stride like anderson goes you know 40 50 yards and possibly scores and just he just overthrew him and um uh, cup had one in the uh, end zone that you know he slightly off as well yep. that almost it's came up off. for a touchdown all, yeah, just yeah game. just stafford looked rusty you know what i mean Looked like a guy who hadn't played in a while. So um, I think better days are ahead for the Rams' offense as well. The last thing here is it's felt like Freeman overtook Henderson. Henderson gets the kind of baloney touchdown at the end. He's Henderson more involved in the passing game. And it definitely feels like if for some reason they don't activate Kyron Williams off the waiver wire, I'm sorry, off, the, off of injured reserve for this upcoming game, Royce Freeman would be in for a really nice workload against Arizona. It's a split, but... Freeman definitely dominated the touches. On the Seattle side, a lot of injuries. Kenneth Walker left the game early with an injury. That's an oblique. Pete Carroll did not have a timeline for Walker. He said the oblique strain is legit. They play on Thursday, so obviously the turnaround here is extremely concerning. And then Geno Smith, he only returned for the final drive after missing most of the fourth quarter. Pete Carroll said that was a triceps bruise. Unsure if he's going to play on Thursday against the Niners. That would be the Drew Locke show, uh, Jay. The only thing we said McVay is actually pretty honest. For how much honest McVay is, Pete Carroll is a uh, an absolute liar with injuries. So yes. we don't really know. No, but uh, but this is the, that's my concern. Pete Carroll is one of those guys where it, it, again, it's it's like the I think it's the life of Brian, right? Where it's just like you know gets the arm cut off. It's just a flesh wound, yes. Yes. right? And and so like Pete Carroll is one of those guys that like yeah, it's just a flesh wound kind of thing, and like. No, like so when he sits there and says like ah this one this one the might be Walker a- one is very concerned. He may, he may never one, play though. again. He Triceps bruise, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, Sorry. yeah. Is there something we don't know? Wait, right. When Pete, I mean when when Pete Carroll's like at serious and like you feel like because again he is 
extremely optimistic on uh, on injury. So yeah. short week is no good. This line also the game's in Seattle playing San Francisco, That's uh, the, the NBC thing. game. Uh, so one, you know, like the matchup against the, the Niners, it looked like the best team in football. Short week, and then also the line was uh, Seattle plus four and a half a few days ago. Now it's seven. So that yeah, would give the indication that Geno may not be able to go. Now, that's guesswork at this time of the week, but I suspect he's probably not going to be 100%. And if it's Drew Locke, it's going to be a different offense. We're going to talk a lot more about Zach Charbonnet tomorrow on the waiver Wire show, but he'll obviously be a big focal point, somebody that we've been talking about a lot as somebody to pick up and stash. And anyway. Somehow he's available in 54% of leagues, so he meets our threshold, which means he'll be a highlight of waivers. Because we'll people talk don't about listen. Him to- we'll so. talk about him tomorrow. But uh- yeah. yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to move to San Francisco. Please do. Okay. Obviously, the Seahawks, they have San Francisco on Thanksgiving. San Francisco takes care of business against the Bucks. They were home. They went 27-14. to 14. Brock Purdy first. Niners quarterback with a perfect QB rating since, Jay. Joe Montana in Is that good from Australia? That's Is that guy good? Yeah, no, that's pretty good. Brock Purdy. Yeah. I need some respect for Brock Purdy, gentlemen. He's been absolutely amazing the past two weeks. And yes, he has a great offense. He has Kyle Shanahan, but he is making some absolute dime throws. You look at the throw to Brandon IQ. That's a perfect throw. That is a next level throw. That is not a game manager throw. That is not a Trent Dilfer throw. He is an absolute monster at the moment. He leads the league in everything in terms of quarterback. QBR, passer rating, EPA. He's averaging 9.7 yards per attempt. That is the second most in NFL history through 10 games. We should be talking about Brock Purdy as a top-tier MVP candidate, but he had those three games where uh, two of them he got concussed in, so we don't think of him like that. But I think that he is a locked-in fantasy starter going forward. Trent Williams is back, Debo Samuel is back, uh, and he's playing as well as anyone at the quarterback position right now, Matthew. He leads the NFL with 9.7 yards per pass attempt as well. I think a lot of people think about the San Francisco. Oh, it's just dink and dunk, and then those guys run after the catch. Brock Purdy's a gunslinger. Yeah. He's not a yeah. game manager. He's a gunslinger. There's yeah. no question about it. When Debo Samuel is healthy this year, he's averaging over 20 fantasy points per game. As we enter into Monday Night Football, he's the second-best quarterback in fantasy. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, we, we sit here and we talk about the – the, you know, the, the Herberts of the world, the Josh Allens of the world, right? The, you know, the Kylers of the world, Lamar Jacksons of the world. Brock Purdy is the second best quarterback in fantasy for this week uh, as well. And I think that's the important part, right? He is a viable QB1. I think most people think of him as like this backup guy or a bi-week guy a- as well. He's now had 23 or more fantasy points in back-to-back games. And it's weird because he doesn't run. And usually you want somebody to run to be an elite fantasy quarterback. But he is somebody who can do that. So if you've been sitting there, I guess, because the trade deadline is coming up this week in a lot of leagues, and if you're um, if you're sitting on Brock Purdy and someone else, again, Brock Purdy is good enough to be your starting quarterback the rest of the way. If you have another big-name guy, call up whoever had Joe Burrow in your league. Yeah. Be like, what do you, you know, uh, let's, talk, let's talk deal here. The other thing I was going to say, the, the crazy thing about that stat, you know, the, the first quarterback with a, First San Francisco quarterback with a perfect passing rating. Perfect. The first quarterback in San Francisco with a perfect passer rating since Joe Montana. Reminds me of, I was just going to say, like, well, but he's no Sam Darnold. Remember in the preseason we heard that report that, like, uh, Sam Darnold throws a better ball than any quarterback in San Francisco history? Niners history. Niners history. That's that's a tough one. That hasn't aged great. That Uh, that has not aged well. Last thing, because uh, we've spoken about this a lot, but Brock Purdy's 20-1 to to an MVP. His odds are more than three times as long as Tua Tagovailoa. There is no world in which Brock Purdy is less likely to win MVP than Tua right now. And the good thing with Purdy betting on him, he gets to play Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson in the back end of the season. 
season, so we can dent their cases along the way. Then you need Mahomes to fall over. I think Purdy should be fourth favorite for the award. I don't think he's going to win, but he should be the fourth favorite. That's the issue. The issue is, is I think that MVP is somewhat of a narrative-driven award, and it's they run the slate. They run the slate and they beat the Eagles in Philly along the way and the Ravens on Monday Night Football. And he's he looks good doing it. Yes. I'm with you. And, yep. and, he, and he looks good with you. And definitely Mahomes hasn't been Mahomes no. this year. Um, but it just, I just, yeah, you're right. People think he's a game manager, that he's just a point guard in Shanahan system, that Shanahan's the MVP. And I'm with you. Like, I give the kid credit where credit's due. He's like, going to he, have to outduel Jalen Hurts in Philly, and then the narrative will start to change if he balls out in that game. But given the odds, it's maybe worth throwing a couple bucks down over DraftKings when you use promo code Barry. Of course, a big day for his pass catchers. Brandon Ayuk, five catches, 156 yards, and the touchdown we showed on a perfect ball. George Kittle, eight catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown. And we got to hear from Kittle after the game on some funny red zone math. So take a listen. How about the red zone, the red zone issue? I think you're five of 13, your last 13 trips. What do you see in there that not finishing drives as much? Um, how do we do today? One of four, I think. Two of four. I mean, I scored and Christian scored. Your math's not great right now, man. Yeah, it is true. You're not a big math guy. No, I understand. It's difficult for some people. George Kittle. Go. Good clap back. Yeah, good clap back and as good, well. Good spirit. He's going to have a great career on television when he's done. He's George very entertaining. Or WWE. On, yeah. He could really pick his own adventure. Yeah, when he came one. on our show, uh, the Super Bowl, it was, uh, it was, it was awesome. He's very, he's very good. One of the highlights. He's a, very, he's a very charismatic guy. He's well-spoken. He's clearly bright as well. So, um, you know, uh, we look forward to welcoming uh, future NBC colleague George Kittle uh, whenever his playing career is over. But fantasy-wise, he enters Monday Night Football as the number one tight end in fantasy. He's now had 20 or more fantasy points in three straight games. That's been the crazy part is that, like, the consistency. Because with Kittle, it's usually been about, like, he has these spike games, but then he's blocking. But this offense is running so well and so hot that Kittle's been a part of it. 30% target share two of the past three games, at least 80 yards, and uh, a touchdown in consecutive weeks as well. you like the matchup uh, this week at Seattle on a short week, especially given that Seattle might be, you know, without their starting quarterback and running back. Moving over to our last game, Chargers-Packers. The Packers win at home 23-20, to a tough loss for the Chargers. Five losses this season by three points or fewer. Of course, Jay, that's the most in the NFL. Yeah, very chargery type of loss, this one, where you lose to what is an inferior team. I would say the Chargers are three-point favorites oh, on the road. Brandon Staley is not a happy boy after the game. He was very, very upset. And, Brandon, maybe you should take a look at the man in the mirror because your defense is an absolute disaster. You're a defensive coach. You had a 27 nothing lead in the playoff game and lost it. The defense is underperforming its talent. It's underperforming its talent every year, uh, and they're a mess at the moment. And now they get to play Lamar Jackson and uh, the, the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night. They are a mess. I will say this about Brandon Staley, though. At least he shows some emotion. Yeah. Rivera is just like... <laughs> You know, oh, like, like it, yeah, I'm just like, as long as, we're, as long as we're, you know. The Jordan Love section has turned into Ron Rivera. <laughs> How did this happen? Fine, we can get back to, get back to the Chargers and Jordan Love. And the, I, but, but yes, go watch the clips online. You can find them anywhere. Um, Staley had, uh, did not handle the press conference particularly well. I get it. He's upset. They've not played well. They've underperformed. And um, feels like feels like the Chargers and the Commanders will both have coaching vacancies was, at least at the end of the year. I was waiting for Staley. His next step was to ask the reporter if they wanted to try coaching the team. Do you reckon you could do a better job than me? That felt like it was the next logical progression in his thought. Right. It wasn't great. That feels like the start of a Disney movie yeah. too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And I said yes, and then, yeah. then the team turned it around, yeah. and all of a sudden it's, it's a true. miracle. And you know, Let the Chargers I, I literally think Bowl. I literally think wasn't that the premise of a 
movie with Whoopi Goldberg. She takes. I swear to God, wow. I, she <laughs> takes over the one. head. She takes. She becomes head coach of the Knicks. It's like some. <laughs> I swear to God, I don't this is a movie. This one. Whoopi Goldberg somehow wins like some sort of oh, fan contest to win the win it, be a coach for a day or something like that. Buddy. The movie's called Eddie. Eddie. And um and yeah and she takes over and then of course they win and then it just keeps winning and wouldn't you know it Whoopi's like you know. You know, uh, she's Great got a per- yeah, she's got a personality. Yeah. You know, the whole right, thing, and it's like a, you know, she's uh, she bucks the trends, and she's you know, Frank Langella. Frank the, Langella, is yeah. I think, is he the general manager in it? He's in the movie. Yeah, so. <laughs> I I bet bet Frank Langella always plays like the general <laughs> yes, manager, yeah. or the president, or something Maybe like that. Underrated. But re- read the I'm, someone find the IMDb review of Eddie while I talk up Jordan Love. Is that what you'd like to get to? Yes, Jordan yeah. Love. Uh, a lot of people involved <laughs> in this one. 27 Jordan, completions, look, 10 different players. I, I, and I want to give you credit, Jay, because we talked about this on Fantasy Football Pregame, where you talked, like, you know, very quietly, even though it's been in these, like, low-rated, ugly games, yeah. Jordan Love has actually started to play better the last couple of weeks, and he showed it against uh, the Chargers at home as well. 27 of 40, 322 yards, two touchdowns, and spread the ball around. <laughs> 10 different Packers receivers caught a pass from Jordan Love against the Chargers. Yep, Jordan Love. This is three weeks in a row now where he's looked the part. And you think back to some of these early season games, particularly the ones against Detroit, against the Raiders in prime time, where he's just out of rhythm. He's just throwing to guys before they'd finish their routes. He's making bad decisions. That hasn't been the case as much the past three weeks. And now, by the way, he gets a Detroit team on Thursday uh, that has been lit up defensively the past few weeks. So I think it's a favorable matchup. And I think Love is a guy that you can consider as a starting quarterback, which sounds weird. 100%. And one of our guys that he was in the my uh, others receiving votes on my love list this week, we talked about him as a deep ad on Fantasy Football pregame. Jaden Reed yeah. now ha- very quietly doubled into fantasy points in four of the past five games, 19 more fantasy points in back-to-back games. His snap rate has increased each of the past three weeks. The slot where Reed lines up feels like that's an area where Jordan Love feels pretty good. And they may need to lean on their passing game a lot more, Connor, because... Aaron Jones leaves this game with an injury. Yeah, as you see our notable injuries. Now, I will say, as bad as it looked, Coach LaFleur after the game said, I don't think it's long-term, certainly. I think it looked really bad. I was really concerned just seeing it live, but he's in good spirits there. So we'll keep an eye on Aaron Jones. Obviously, Cooper Cup with the ankle. Kenneth Walker with the oblique, which sounds significant. Devon Achan leaves again with that knee injury. Well, so they have the Black Friday game against the Jets, so a short, yeah. a sneaky short week for the Dolphins. We'll keep an eye on him. Deontay Foreman with the ankle, and we talked about how Khalil Herbert took over after that one as well. And Gino, we'll see what happens with Gino for that. Pete Carroll just said that he is on track to play Thursday. Gino or Gino? Okay. Gino, but nothing on Walker. We'll talk about the impact of all these tomorrow on the Waiver Wire Show, but just know if you have one of these players on your roster, there's a chance you're looking for help in Week 12. Thanksgiving, it's not just about the football that's on TV. It's about the National Dog Show. Thanksgiving at noon. It's a Thanksgiving tradition. The National Dog Show on NBC. Check out our four-legged friends this Thursday at noon local time, right after the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And find out who wins this year's Best in Show. It's my favorite promo we've ever done. We're going to break. When we're back, we got Weekend Warriors. Sunday Scaries. She would be an absolute terror of the dog show. All 100 pounds of her. We'll be back after this. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. 
Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. They've been giving me that. I ain't gonna lie. See me, I'm honest. They've they been giving me that. I just gotta win and uh, make the plays. And uh, today I made the plays, and that's what I know I can do. I can do that all all day and um and all games. So I gotta just you know own the moment. Be where my feet are and make plays for my teammates and for my um, for this organization. Game plan this week. Did you think you were going to have a big day? I did. Yeah. So you're pretty involved. Yeah, I knew I knew today would be probably my day. Weekend Warriors. That man, Calvin Ridley, the weekend warrior. You heard him. The confidence. I knew it was going to be my day today. Matthew, not just Calvin Ridley on the end of that things, but Trevor Lawrence also rushed for two touchdowns after throwing for two touchdowns. This is the Trevor Lawrence game we've been waiting for. A thousand percent. And I would just like to take one moment here to say you're welcome, America. Because when I put Trevor Lawrence on my hate list, he'd been he'd been kind of going along, you know, um, you know, been fine. Right down the middle. Right down the middle. But like when I I put him on my hate list, he was my number one quarterback on the hate list. I mentioned how he hadn't had any twenty point games. That I was worried about the mobility. That just you know there was just a lot of things that I thought. I actually I said on pregame that I thought the Titans would cover here as well. Um, I was so wrong. On Trevor Lawrence as well. I feel like this is what motivated him to have a great game. Anyway, bad call by me. Great job by uh, T-Law, who enters Monday Night Football as the number one quarterback in fantasy. Two rushing touchdowns. Jay Croucher as well. It's his season high in fantasy points. It's his first game this year with more than 20 fantasy points. His first two rushing touchdowns of the year, as you see, one of them right there. Looks pretty mobile right there to me. Good job, Trevor Lawrence. Are we back to trusting him immediately? They're at Houston this week, Jay. Very favorable matchup. And Lawrence, I mean, the key is the mobility. He doesn't look 100% to me, but he looks clearly good enough to put up those kind of numbers. And Calvin Ridley was a huge beneficiary getting back to the guy that we thought that he was going to be after that impressive start to the season. You know what's weird is is that so Zay Jones was active for this game. He didn't do much in the game, but it's super weird if you just sort of look at the games in which Zay Jones has been active. Calvin Ridley sort of shot, and I don't know if it's a coverage thing or it's a confidence thing or just because maybe like he without Zay Jones there, like Lawrence tries to feed it to Carter. I don't know what that is, and it's such a small sample size, but it is just sort of like okay, that's a, that's a thing, um, like. You know, last two of the last three weeks, I will say he's had a 29% target share. So it feels like maybe Ridley, after a hot start, and then he's kind of had a lull, maybe he's now finding his rhythm, as is this offense. It's a positive a schedule coming up, though, at Houston, then home to Cincinnati. That's not a defense that scares you. Then at Cleveland, home to Baltimore. Yeah, so we, we got two good weeks, but then two just, really uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think they're going to be matchup-dependent starters. Like, I'm not ready to say, like, Lawrence is – you know, a no-brainer going forward. But, you know, you're going to like him against Houston and Cincinnati the next two weeks. We jump into some running backs here, Jay. Saquon Barkley, uh, Tommy DeVito got him involved in the passing game, which was the big story here. I think the key is, to keep it short, is purely that Tommy DeVito was able to run a real NFL offense, and he looked good, and Saquon Barkley was a huge beneficiary of that, efficient on the ground, and then got work through the air as well. Matthew, right after that, you see Jalen Warren right behind him with over 23 fantasy points. Jalen Warren, nine carries for 130 yards in the touchdown. He's becoming a must-start. Third straight Game with over 100 total yards. He's the fifth best running back in fantasy over the last three weeks. He leads all players in rushing yards. After the game, Mike Tomlin was asked, you know, when you think about the fact that, uh, do we have the tweet here, Adam? Do we have the tweet? We're working on the tweet. All right, anyway, doesn't matter about the tweet. I'll just say this. Basically, um, Jalen Warren, this is a tweet, uh, shout out to Underdog. This is from uh, their Twitter. Uh, 
Jalen Warren had more yards than everyone on the Steelers combined. After the game, uh, Mike Tomlin was asked if he regretted not getting Jalen Warren more touches. He only had 12 in this game, and Mike said no. (laughs) This is a game they lost 13-10. to Oh, God. Anyway, um, I'm just – here's what I'm telling you. Jalen Warren's a must-start going forward. He's the only part of that Steelers offense you feel good about. Kenny Pickett looks terrible. Najee Harris, I'm sorry, does not look good either. Yep. Cashed our under, though, for the pickup line. Yes, he and did. He, he and did. That was, and, and Lawrence's did not. You were the correct. I should have gone with you. Uh, no right. doubt. Uh, good call by you. But uh, Jalen Warren, this is legit. Cincinnati, Arizona, New England, Colts are the next four. Really nice matchup here going into the fantasy playoffs for Jalen Warren as well. Jay, Tony Pollard finally gets in the end zone. Really just the story there with Pollard as he was on a quite the touchdown drought. Yeah, it's good that he got in the end zone, but kind of a disappointing right. game for Tony Pollard. This is the easiest matchup he'll have all season. He was 12 carries for 61 yards and a touchdown and then added four receptions for the F and 19 yards. So it's certainly not. don't think Tony Pollard is fixed, but good that he was able to get in the end zone. Yeah. They play uh, the Commanders on Thanksgiving. He'll have a big game there. But then home to Seattle, Philadelphia at Buffalo. It doesn't get a ton. Now, again, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. But, yeah, Tony Pollard feels like he's more RB2 than the RB1 you drafted him to be. Finally, we close this out with a quarterback, Josh Allen, after a brutal week one performance against the Jets. He gets his revenge, 275 yards, three touchdowns. He throws the pick on the Hail Mary before the half, adds 15 rushing yards as well. No Ken Dorsey, not a problem for Josh Allen. Apparently not. I mean, they, I, after the Dorsey stuff, you knew they were going to make a point, right. and he, he came out with a great game. Listen, Khalil Shakir, just, you know, that's like a missed tackle, and just he goes off to the yep. races. Great play. But that adds to it. But still, he's now had 22 or more fantasy points in four of the past five. Uh, he's the only quarterback to throw three touchdown passes against the Jets this season. He's a top five quarterback as we head into Monday Night Football. Yeah, Josh Allen is back. Good. With that, we, we moved. No worries. Uh, no, no worries about no Georgia. Uh, uh, Ken Dorsey. I think the positives are they they started to get James Cook involved in the passing game in this one too. We moved to Sunday scaries, but stay with the same game here. Jake Garrett Wilson had eight targets. That's the good news. The bad news. It was two receptions for nine yards, and the Zach Wilson era, we're assuming, is over. Would you start Garrett Wilson against Miami if he plays with the injury and everything going on at quarterback? Uh, I think I still would. Uh, it depends what you – it's how many receivers do you have on your roster yeah. to start over Garrett Wilson? And once again, I don't think it's going to be Zach Wilson on Friday. Yeah, okay. Well, that's I mean, not that there's terrifying. a jarring upgrade behind him, but still. Yeah, yeah. The Jets fans will be longing for Zach Wilson after they see what Tim Boyle serves up. Uh, yeah, look, this offense is just completely broken at the moment. The Bills don't have a great defense at the moment, and they couldn't do anything against them. Uh, they could not. But I would just like to take one moment here. I know there, everyone wants to pile on all the Jets and everything like that, but I believe this was a penalty-free game for C.J. Ozoma. <laughs> yeah, when you don't play a ton. I'm I just, saw him on punt coverage team, and I, I did have like a little chuckle. That's, like, <laughs> but here's the – listen, you know, he's a very well-paid punt coverage guy. Yes, good uh, work if you can get player. it. Uh, anyway, but I'm just, you know, congrats, you know uh, positives works uh, where you can go. Uh, listen, Garrett Wilson's first game below 80 yards since week five. I just think you have to bank on talent and volume yeah. there. Despite what the quarterback... 48 PFF grade for C.J. Uzama. That's a scale of 0 to 100. So, yeah. not great. It's yesterday. not what you want. By the way, higher than I would have thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Taking the over. All right, Matthew. Derrick Henry, 10 carries, 38 yards, a catch for 6 yards. Tennessee's offense, not a good place. Yeah, I, I thought they would be able to run the ball here. He's now had back-to-back games with under 12 rushes and 6 fantasy points. He's not even being involved in the passing game. Early in the season, they were using him a little bit in the passing game, but he's had just two total receiving yards over the last two weeks. Hasn't had a 20-yard run since week six. That was always a big part of Henry's game is these explosive runs. The positives are 
Carolina is up next. It should be a get-right game. I feel like with Derrick Henry, you just got to keep starting him. But, yeah, just running back 37 on the week as we head into Monday night. Finally, Jay, we close that with Deontay Johnson. We talked about how besides Jalen Warren, the Steelers' offense is ugly. If Johnson falls victim to that, comes in as wide receiver 69. Yeah, this is more about Kenny Pickett than it is about Deontay Johnson. Pickett was terrible yesterday. I understand it's a really good defense, but he needs to be better than that. He's playing like one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and I don't think you can feel confident starting any Pittsburgh Steeler pass catcher until he shows some improvement. We're, ta- we're taking our last break. When we're back, we got best bets for a great Monday night football matchup. The Eagles at the Chiefs tonight. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code BERRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It is time for Last Call. Matthew, while we're on break, some incoming news updates. A couple of things. NFL Network reporting that uh, Cooper Cup suffered a low ankle sprain on Saturday. He's going to be evaluated going forward. He did try to come back, so that's a positive sign. Mike McDaniel says Devon Achan was feeling better this morning. It's the same knee. Won't require surgery. Team continues to get extra feedback and opinions. They'll take it day by day uh, as well. Uh, Speaking of the game on Friday against the Jets, Zach Wilson's not going to be starting. It is Tim Boyle under center. You think it might be Trevor Simeon backing him up? It wouldn't shock me at this point. And then last thing here real quickly, the plot of Eddie is that she's a chauffeur who wins a contest to be their honorary assistant coach. Eddie so impresses the team's owner, Frank Langella, that he fires the actual head coach Dennis and replaces Farina. him with, uh, yeah, Dennis Farina plays the real head coach, and replaces him with Whoopi Goldberg. She's instrumental in turning the team around just in time to make the playoffs where they face the Charlotte Hornets in the playoffs, coached by Dennis Farina. Who knows what happens only on Eddie, which gets a 16% ranking on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's take a look at our most bet Monday night football props on DraftKings. Obviously, the public is loving the alternate lines of passing yards and receiving yards. Jay, what do you like tonight? So, I like the Chiefs minus two and a half. Lines have been bouncing ah. around between two and a half and three. I generally don't like betting trends like the home team covers as a six-point favorite because that doesn't mean anything. Every game is unique. But Patrick Mahomes, as a favorite of less than three points or a dog, he's 16 and four against the spread. They crank up the pass plays, they use the real plays, I think the Chiefs cover. I also believe, and we use this uh, when you and I were the only ones who took the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, like, again, Andy Reid, off of a bye in the Patrick Mahomes era, he has literally one loss. And so uh, I like that bet quite a bit. I'm taking Devontae Smith over 57.5 receiving yards. In the five games Dallas Goddard missed last season, and Goddard's not going to play tonight, he's had a 27% target share. He averaged 84 yards in those games. They're underdogs here. They'll have to be throwing. Give me the over 57.5 receiving yards for Smith. I'll close this out as Isaiah Pacheco over 16.5 receiving yards. I don't think the Eagles are very strong in covering, obviously, tight ends and running backs, and I think Mahomes – he hit Pacheco two times. He's going to clear that number. It's not a high number for him. I wonder if we see more McKinnon now as we're getting towards Second the Second half of the year. As well, they like right? to stow him yes, away. Do. We've done this. All right, it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Go go rent Eddie. Report back to me. Oh. <laughs> for Jay and Connor, Matthew, peace out.
Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NexGuard Plus Chews. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.